Hello, listeners. You are about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans, and it is led by myself and my co-host, Travis. I am what you would call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to try to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride through the 2021 MLB season. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Travis, uh, we are here coming at the listeners today. It is a Wednesday night. It is 9.23. For some reason, Travis, the Angels are still playing in the Bronx right now. I don't know what's going on. Uh, bit of a, a couple of rain delays, uh, uh, some sloppy innings there by Shoei, unfortunately. But, you know, the game's still going on. And I, it's 7-4, so we still got a shot. But Yeah, um, I couldn't imagine going to the ballpark for five hours, so... Yeah, you stayed through the first rain delay, and all of a sudden you see like one inning of action, and then all of a sudden you got another rain delay. That just sounds absolutely awful. But uh, that is not uh, why we are you know delayed till Wednesday here, Travis. We delayed till Wednesday because we knew that uh, if we record on Wednesday, we could do a nice timing for our monthly wrap up. So the big, the big bulk of our conversation today is going to be about our June uh, thoughts on the All MLB team as it stands currently through the month of June. Uh, you know, the first three months of the season. Um, also going to be diving into, uh, you know, it's going to be a starting uh, starting nine as well as a DH, starting pitchers. We'll get into all that later on. Um, but to start off, Travis, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the interesting state that we're kind of in in a 2021 MLB season because I was just thinking about it today on the drive home from work, and I just, I just feel like we're in such a nice – spot and it really feels like we haven't been here since 2019 that, that that's that's mm-hmm. my opinion mm-hmm. i just think the way that we are seeing all these you know really incredible performances obviously otani uh you know seeing Guerrero is super fun to watch this these young kids uh rake um tons of pitchers are going crazy just 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 the other just last night actually uh herman marquez on the uh colorado rockies i believe he, he pitched what they call a maddox which is like under 100 pitches complete game shutout which is like a crazy feat. It's honestly like almost more impressive than a no hitter. Like he yeah. gave up a hit, but to go under 100 pitches, like you're kind of being a control freak. You're inducing that weak that weak contact. Really impressive by him. Uh, but yeah, you're seeing all this kind of crazy stuff, and it really it felt like to me at least in the 2020 short season, there was so much like we there's so much weird like um, I guess like pauses in the season because different teams were on COVID restrictions. It really feels like you know baseball is really back in the, in a very really real way, and like all the fan. Uh, interaction we're seeing and uh, you know the full stadiums it feels like it's back and uh, it, it, it's really exciting I, you know I think I'm more excited I'm as excited about baseball as I've been since 2019 so what do you make of that yeah and you know 2019 really left us with uh, I think kind of a treat with that World Series with yeah the Nationals and Astros I mean I was super pumped I mean I, I don't know if I've ever been more pumped going into the 2020 season and then the season gets put on delay and we don't know if we're going to have a season. And, you know, it, it just, I think all of us were just in that state of mind of, you know, like, what am I going to do for the next three months? You know, all sports are, you know, canceled or at least suspended. Uh, and, you know, at least now with baseball being back, the fans are all back. And I think that's the biggest thing. The fans are all back, you know, watching it, not all just, you know, not at all just baseball, but other sporting events too. The fans are back. And that's what really kind of makes these games so fun to watch. Um, the fan experiences. I'll tell you that, you know, 
we went to a game earlier in the year when it was uh, Angels Astros and just the booing you hear. Oh, it was crazy. It's just crazy how it makes a difference. And then of course a couple months back, uh, Astros went to Yankee Stadium and just it was kind of a, a you know a calendar date I circled because I wanted to make sure I can watch that game just to see the kind of uh, you know response they would get. Uh, I mean, coming up in August, the Astros are visiting Los Angeles, but this time for the Dodgers. And I, I, you know, I just really want to see what that's going to be like. Yeah. I can tell you one thing. I think uh, there will there will be bloodshed in the stands <laughs> yeah. and possibly on the field in that in that yeah. series. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, honestly, it, it's it's such a great time right now. Uh, really happy with the way baseball is, and also you know what, a little bit of drama we're getting right now. We're getting a ton of drama with uh, you know sticky substances, you know. Yeah players and um you know i think players in front offices kind of you know different strategies and debacles when it comes to that when it you know when it comes to the sticky substances and then also you know almost like hitters are uh you know getting a little bit uh kind of on the on the on the offensive side or defensive side when it comes to that stuff today i saw a a video of uh, josh donaldson kind of calling out lucas giolito you know saying okay you lost this much uh, spin rate on your curve on your fastball and it's just kind of funny that you see these players now are going kind of back and forth with each other so yeah and I, um, I think Gio took some offense to that I, I think Gio he uh, after the game was like he essentially said something about how like oh yeah well you know your team's in last place and we're in first so yeah, what are you talking yeah, about but yeah. like talk to your own pitchers and then you know anyways yeah it, it's a good point it's a good point like some of these like you know really intense storylines it really feels like we are you know, it feels like baseball's back, and uh, it does. It, it, it's awesome. Like just some of the crowd eruptions we've seen. Like I know, like there was a game where I think Cronenworth hit like two home runs, and, and, and San Diego, the Petco Park, it was just it was just roaring. Oh, it was I just know. roaring. I and know. Like, San Diego has waited years for this now, and it's, yeah. it's 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 fun to see that. It's fun to see kind of the Dodgers Padres rivalry starting up, and then you know also just throwing in the Giants in there too, kind of being the uh, you know the superior team of the of the NL West so far. Um, it's 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 definitely fun to see you know i think it's more i i definitely have a way more respect now for some of these players uh you know in their and basically the statistics i remember last season i had a really hard time with some players and their statistics because it's a 60 game season mm-hmm. you know you look at guys like bauer you look at guys like jose abreu some of these other guys it'll be interesting to see you know how they finish their season but we had never seen this kind of hitting you know hitting stats or pitching stats from this these guys before and you know 60 games such you a know, small sample such yeah. a small, small sample size but um any news we want to kick it into right now just uh you know any any breaking or you know up-to-date news that we've, we've been hearing around them will be yeah i mean so one, one thing i guess we can touch on really briefly is that you know today uh there was some you know allegations coming out against trevor bauer uh, mm-hmm. you know don't want to spend too much time on it because you know we don't know the details we have not heard the testimonies from you know either side really we just know what was reported Obviously, if, you know, if, if what was all said, uh, you know, the testimony by the victim, if that's all true, then that's, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, very bad news. Uh, it's really unfortunate that that happened. And, uh, yeah, I, Travis, you know, paying a guy, you know, $40 million, you know, that kind of big, huge contract, and then to see this kind of come out, that's just, you know, it, it's just really bad for all parties. Um, I, I don't really know what to make of it. It's definitely a very troubling situation. Um I guess I just hope it gets, you know, resolved and justice is served if, if you know, I, I know Bauer's uh, camp is, you know, denying all allegations. So, you know, we'll see how court, how it plays out in court. But, um, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see that too. I know not too much. I want to comment on that too. Cause again, like I, I just read some articles, you know, don't really know exactly what's happening. I'm, I'm sure we'll find out in the next coming weeks and we'll have more news about it, but just kind of interesting, you know, and, uh, we, we, we've seen this kind of this cockiness behavior of, of Trevor Bauer and, you know, maybe it kind of got him into some, you know, 
deep water. You know, it yeah. it, 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 it could you know it, it, we don't know what's going to happen, but um, you know we know that the Dodgers are probably working with MLB and with you know local law authorities and all that kind of stuff. But right. yeah, we'll have to see what happens with all that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, it's just kind of another step in the you know kind of continuous cycle we see with a lot of baseball players it really unfortunate like we know like marcelo zuna was in a like domestic violence case yeah. and i remember he had like some really cryptic like message he sent out saying like you're, you're all gonna see that like it was fake and something like that mm-hmm. it's like i don't know what to make of any of that but it's just unfortunate that like this is a continuing trend with players um and it's you know it's 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 you know it's really unfortunate for the victims it's really a bad look for you know the franchises and it, it's just bad for everyone so um, and I think it was important to touch on like, you know, the fact that this is a continuing issue, but, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to ask you a trivia question. So, uh, this one is, it, I, I read it on Twitter and it really just kind of blew my mind. I didn't really think this could be possible. So, um, but I, I'm just going to have you go ahead and, and you're going to guess, you're going to guess this team, how many wins they've had in the last 42 games. It's going to be the Diamondbacks. In the last 42, 42 games. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. 42 games. How many games do you think they've won? We're talking both road and home. Yeah. I know it's under 10. Um, so so you're saying under 10 of 42. So that's already saying below a, two, a, a 0.250 yeah. Yeah, 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 win yeah. percentage. That's yeah. so tiny. Yeah. But, but, but okay, so. Below 10, you know, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and just say seven. Seven wins in the last 42 games. In the last forty-two games played by the Diamondbacks, they're four and thirty-eight. Wow, isn't that crazy? They have four wins yeah. in, in a forty-two game span. Yeah, I mean, some... I'm so sorry, Diamondbacks fans out there, if you're listening. We're it, it, uh, the pain is probably unimaginable. I think at this point you're just kind of okay with it because the division is, is looking so stacked. The pain, uh, the pain's okay. The, but you know what you're saying. Let's go Phoenix Suns. <laughs> hey, there you go. Hey. Who just clinched the uh, yeah. yeah the, finals the, the, finals birth first time in like thirty some years. Yep, good yep. for them. So maybe they'll be looking forward to that. They'll be looking forward to the Arizona Cardinals with JJ Watt. So maybe they got some other bright spots in the city. But yeah, Arizona Diamondbacks right now, it's it's looking historically bad right now. And, and I, I saw something too that this whole streak started or something around the time when Madison Bumgarner had that no hitter, yeah. seven inning no hitter against the Atlanta Braves. They just went on a complete, you know. Yeah, downward spiral for sure. High school team yeah. went inside the bodies of these MLB players. And, and, it's insane. I, I know they had their injury, fresh of injury issues, but mm-hmm. like, you know, Eduardo Escobar got a lot of games in there. Cattell was injured for a while, but he had some games in there. You know, they had like guys mm-hmm. who are considered good players and like maybe they'll end up being trade candidates to the deadline. They could probably get something in return for an Eduardo Escobar yeah. type guy. I can definitely see that. Um, yep. You know, they, they have they have youth, they have Gallon, you know, so there, there's something there uh, for the future, but definitely... Definitely a year that's going to punt on. Hopefully, try to try to try to get something in return to the deadline. But yeah, definitely. But so, Travis, what is the bulk of our episode going to be? But how would you break it down for us? So yeah, basically, you know, it's pretty simple. Uh, you know, end of every month, we kind of want to wrap up what we've seen out of you know baseball so far. So now we look at the end of June, um, with it being June thirtieth today. Kind of you know talking about the all MLB teams so far. Kind of giving you our first half all MLB team because we only have about you know two weeks left of the first half of the MLB season before we hit the all-star break and then of course we get into you know the the, the end of July all of August and that's when we kind of figure out you know these that, that's when MVPs sort of run away but you know right yeah. now uh you know talking about the first half all MLB team um and then also going over you know kind of our June player of the month uh, we've had a couple interesting people I mean some some people have just broken out onto the scene and have 
you know, been historic. It's been it's been such an interesting year because I know that there's so many players that are, you know, on the verge of, you know, matching or even breaking history. It, it's it's really insane this year so far. It seems like all these players were kind of just waiting after the 2020 season to get and play a full season, and they're just totally taking advantage of it. But we'll get into that. And then also, of course, cover, uh, you know, we're going to cover our ALNL awards so far throughout the season. Kind of give you a little bit of uh, our perspective on that. And, of course, go over some of the players as we talk throughout the um, the uh, the podcast today. But uh, you know what? We'll start kicking it off right now with the, uh, you know, all MLB teams so far right now. Uh, Alex. We always like to start with the, uh, you know, position number two, yeah. not number one, but we like to start with the catching position. So, uh, you know, I'm going to start off with you this time, and uh, we'll see where you have headed. If anything's changed, I'll let we'll let you guys know if we've actually had some changes because I know in my list there's been changes. I'm pretty sure in Alex's list there's been changes. Oh, oh absolutely. Yep, yep. So, uh, catching. Let's start it off with the all MLB first half catcher in your eyes right now. So my current all MLB catcher is Mr. Giant Buster Posey. So I I like the pick. I think he's just been... I mean, I don't think anyone saw this uh, year at the plate coming from him. We all know he's a very you know, reliable backstop. Uh, I just, you know, he took the year off for uh, 2020 COVID. He decided to sit out. Um, and then just seeing what he's done this year, it seems like he's revitalized. His His offense is just, you know... I just don't think anyone saw it coming. Like an over over a nine hundred uh, OPS. Uh, I just don't think that you know that wasn't anyone's idea. So Travis, who, who are you thinking? I'm glad we agree on this one. Okay. So yeah, th- this is one I, I I knew you had Posey last month, and I actually yeah. had Carson Kelly. I was still kind of riding that Carson Kelly, but you know with the Diamondbacks so far, I I you know I don't think I can go really with most Diamondbacks players right now. But yeah, um, yeah, Buster Posey leading all catchers in WAR average on base percentage slugging OPS and OPS plus so he's doing it um you know he he's just being his elite self I mean he's going I feel like he's honestly going back to his old self back in you know almost that 2010 to 2014 Buster Posey self where he was all every year he was you know top five almost it felt like in the MVP winning the MVP in 2012 but you know just, just on a roll this year, and I, I mean, it, it's really insane when you think about catchers. And this guy's hitting three thirty right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, Travis. Three thirty, four eighteen, five sixty. That's a nine seventy eight OPS. That's that's like an MVP batter on like yeah. on like a you know an average year. And this is your catcher who's also like getting up there in age. And no, no one really saw that as coming. People thought maybe it was like you know he had the twilight years ahead of him for yeah. his career. Yeah. But he, Travis, he, you know. It'll be a discussion for another podcast. Uh, we'll discuss it someday. But you know, I think a couple more years like this, and he's making his Hall of Fame case a lot stronger. Oh, I got some. I got some good. Yeah, I got some good. Uh, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll, debating about this. But we'll get back to that. That that that's in the future date. We got those things yeah, coming up. Yeah. But um, but yeah, catcher right now, Buster Posey. Glad we agree. Let's move to uh, to first base, and I, you know, I don't I don't know if we'll have too much of a you know argument Travis, or debate gonna, on this. We're one. gonna agree. Let's go. <laughs> Who do you got? So yeah, of course it's gonna be. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for the Toronto Blue Jays. I agree. Uh, I mean, I mean, he he is the best hitter on the planet right now, planet Earth right now. Leading, so th- th- this is he he's leading first baseman in these statistics. Of course, WAR, average runs, home runs, RBIs, 
on base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, OPS plus, and total bases. Let me go back. This is what he's leading MLB in, not just the AL, MLB. He's leading MLB in war, average, RBI, on base percentage, OPS, OPS plus, and total bases. I mean, he's almost on a roll where he could win the triple crown for all MLB. I mean, I have to look back and see those kind of numbers. I don't know how many triple crown winners we've had, you know, Miguel Cabrera being the last one. But, I mean, we are just seeing someone that is on a complete roll in yeah. MLB baseball right now. And, you know, it, what, what really is kind of just I feel really bad about is that he is yet to play um, this season, at least, in Toronto. In the, yeah. state, in the state, in the country of Canada yeah. for those home fans. It's, it's, it's a little disappointing because I know they definitely want to see this guy. Um, Travis, could you imagine if, like, Shoei had this year he's having right now, but, like, what if he was playing in Mexico and, like, you just couldn't go see him? You yeah. would be so upset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or even Tempe at spring training field. It's just kind of like, yeah. you know, it, it just, it's almost, it, it, it definitely feels like a punishment. But, yeah, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess you're, you're going to be the same, right? Uh, yeah, I, yes. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the current uh, all-MLB first baseman. There's really no case for anyone else. It's, I mean, yeah, it's just not that close. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are other people who are playing, you know, you know, almost MVP level, but Vladimir Guerrero is just so far ahead of the pack in all those hitting stats, like you said. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it, it's obvious. It's a runaway. He's, you know, he's leading in, in all the important stuff. I think slugging, he just actually got surpassed by Shohei in the American League, and I'm not sure who's leading in the National League, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 a runaway. So I think we can uh, safely move on to second base. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So second base is actually one of the positions that I had to kind of really stop and think about for the oh, longest. Yeah. And I'll say the same thing too. I, I changed it a couple times. I had, I had a couple things written down, and I've changed it. I went back and forth. Um, so I actually went with a guy who I, I, I did not think I'd pick this player. I did not think mm-hmm. I'd pick him, but mm-hmm. I, just, I, I just did, and I, I went with Jake Cronenworth. Okay. So okay. it's a bit of a curveball. Um, you know, I think that there are other players that stand out more as like, you know, someone maybe like, oh, this guy deserves the all-star. This guy deserves the this or the that. But I just think Cronenworth, what he's done, he, he's been super hot uh, recently, yeah. which I should add. Um, yeah. yeah. But I just think everything he's, he's doing uh, in San Diego, they got him batting up like in a, in a three spot now in some games. Like he's really become like a central piece to the team. Um, and then there's the utility aspect he has. So that may lose him some credit for like an all-star consideration. I know he didn't make the, uh, he wasn't even a finalist, I don't believe, for the National League mm-hmm. second baseman, which is kind of funny that he's my he's my all-MLB guy. Yeah. But yeah. he's not even a top three finalist. And I think it's because he plays some first base sometimes, some outfield sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And he can play shortstop too. So, yeah, yeah. you know, he's just a bit of a utility guy, but by far most time is spent at second base. And uh, he's my guy. So, Charis, uh, are we differing here or what's going on? So, yeah, we are. Uh, we're different. And I'm actually sticking with my same guy from last, you know, last yeah. month. And, you know, I, I debated, you know, Altuve, Cronenworth. Um, I even had uh, Adam Frazier of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I, thought, I looked at him. I looked he, at him. He, he's been on the spot. You know, he's been actually a very bright spot for that organization right now. But, you know, for me, Marcus Semyon still uh, remains kind of that elite second baseman right now. Uh, right now, I think he is one of, I think, either three or four players right now, MLB position players, with a four or higher war. Yeah. So uh, right now having a four war leads all second basemen in that right now, as well as home runs and RBIs, slugging percentage, OPS, and OPS+. plus. Um, but I think it's honestly r- right. I think he has a 139 OPS plus, and Cronenworth might have a 138. He has a 138. 138. So right now. Right, right on the spot, just a little bit higher than him. But 
Um, you know, it, it's it's insane right now that that right side for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays is, you know, it's yeah. one of the most elite in baseball. And they're probably both going to be representing the AL in the All-Star game. Absolutely, yeah. Just to kind of go over some of the Cronenworth stats I'm looking at here. Uh, he's actually ties for the lead in MLB and games played. And that, really? you know, yeah. that's not like the biggest deal, but it just kind of shows that, you know, even though he's not playing second base every night, he's really putting in work every night, uh, doing something to help his team win. He's, yeah, like you said, a 138 OPS plus. It's a tick below Semyon. I just think that Cronenworth, I know he's got really big speed in the base paths. His war is not as high. He's at a 3.5 base reference war. That's still super high for this early in the season, you know. I mean, Travis. I mean, what if Cronenworth finished a seven, a seven war? That'd be like unbelievable, oh, like, insane. So if he just continued what he's doing, uh, you know, he'd be like in the MVP conversation somehow. Like, yeah. And like no one really saw that coming from him. He is a two eighty five average, three fifty seven on base, four seventy seven slugging. He's got only twelve home runs, but he's really picked it up recently, and yeah. I think he's going to continue. Um, I think it's a huge snub uh, keeping him off the All Star uh, finalist conversation. Yeah. Um, he doesn't play second base every night so i'm not gonna knock it too hard but that's a conversation for another podcast exactly. uh, we can talk about all-star exactly. uh soon here it's almost coming up on us but uh yeah we disagree but we both understand that both these guys we're talking about are worthy of the of the nod essentially exactly exactly and alex i actually have some uh some breaking news right now what's going on uh jared walsh just hit a grand slam to tie it Woo! and so right now we are actually probably going to be maybe going to extras in new york I'm so sorry, New York. It's it's almost 1 a.m. in the morning right now, but you might be sticking around a little bit more tonight. But uh, sorry about that. You know, of course, you know, angel, yeah. angel, angels come first on this no, podcast. No, but. yeah, that, that was a, that was a little aside, but that was a necessary aside. Thank exactly. you, for, thank you for bringing that to my attention. It looks, <laughs> it looks like it's the top of the ninth. Top of the ninth. Yeah, top of the ninth. That is big time. Was it off Chapman? It, you know what? It was off Chapman. It was off Chapman. Okay. 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 Quick. Quick side note, guys. We need to just break this down super quickly. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped right now. They bring in a Rolish Chapman in a 8-4 to four game. Uh, Taylor Ward walks. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, Lagarus hits in the fielder's choice. Okay. Stassi walk. Rendon walk. And then a grand slam. Must have been some serious control issues for Chapman there. And Walsh is the guy who is struggled against lefties. His, you know, I think the one reason why he's not, uh, you know, tops of the AL right next to Guerrero in 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 offense is because against lefties he's a lot weaker than against righties but he got his yeah. so let's go maybe exactly. they can keep that momentum going exactly go exactly some extras. um Alex third base we'll move on to now yeah um we'll start with you for that one start with me yeah we'll start with you for that one this was another one that I had multiple names down yeah yeah second base and third base I will say have been kind of a uh you know every almost every month i think i might have a new people you know a new person uh representing the all team but who do you got for third base right now in the hot corner so third base is another guy just like cronenworth that i did not see myself picking um i had some other names down uh and i ended up sticking with mr scoops Raphael devers scoops scoops nice nice and uh i i it, it my our, our boy Michael Travis his yes. favorite his favorite player is Rafael Devers so if he's listening shout out to him I I one big lefty from Jared Walsh to another big lefty yeah, in Rafael Devers I, right I, now I, I didn't think I'd ever be saying that I think Devers is like the best third baseman in baseball at a current moment but I think right now he is um oh I hope I hope Mikey's up for no, that one right now yeah. and, and I'm talking about this season I'm not talking about like who's the best in, no, in all no, of no, baseball no, no, I'm no. talking about. Right now, I think the All-MLB team, I think Devers being third base makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense to me. Okay. Bryant um, is a guy who I had for a minute there. 
He has been super, super good to start the year. I think he's tailed off a bit, whereas Devers has really spiked up. Devers' traffic right now is, has a 570 slugging. That's It's really just going up and up. I think his power numbers are just... Um, I mean, he's always had that high exit velocity. That's kind of one of his big claims. People knew he had a really explosive bat. And then I know he also led the MLB in, in uh, hits, or led the American League in hits, uh, or at least he was over 200 uh, hits in uh, 2019. So he really had a kind of a, a complete approach at the plate, I felt like. And he's putting it all together right now. He's got a 145 OPS plus. Um, he's just been super good. Uh, so I, I like Devers there. Uh, we're talking about 23 doubles, 19 homers, 664 ribbies. I think he's just doing it all at the plate. Um, and the Red Sox are also rolling. So yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. So what do you think? What do you got? Well, we agree on that as well. well so let's yeah, go. we both had Chris Bryant last month. Uh, Rafael Devers, of course, has just burst on the scene. I think he might be honestly one of the uh, only players I know. Almost, he has 19 home runs, but he almost is at 20 doubles and 20 home runs. So yeah. kind of almost a, a, a total base and extra base hit machine right now. Uh, but yeah, no, it, what you said, you know, Rafael Devers right now leading third baseman in war, home runs, RBIs, runs, slugging percentage, OPS and OPS plus, you know, it, it's, it, it's almost, it seems like, you know, he is a guy that is just always, you know, I, for me, he, he's always a big doubles guy. He's always a guy that's going to yeah. get a lot of doubles, but you know, at least seeing him now burst onto the scene, um, with guys like, you know, I, I think like guys like, you know, Rendon, Bregman, Chapman, kind of having a little bit of a slow start, if not a little bit of a down year. Mm-hmm. I know injuries have set into all those guys. Yeah. Um, Arenado, of course, he's still doing great, but not, you know, he... he I me, was very close to putting Arenado yeah. uh, as well as Bryant. Yeah. Um, and I also looked at some of that guys. Like, uh, Machado is, like, honestly putting together a really great war yep. year. Yep. Machado is. Um, mm-hmm. I think he might lead mm-hmm. third baseman in the National League in war. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, it's just... Uh, it's it's it is probably the most dense position of talent uh, third base in the baseball right now. It I, is. I feel like it is. Uh, you could you could like making a top five right now would just be so impossible because not only is the twenty twenty season and then this first half of this season hard yeah. to evaluate, mm-hmm. but there's, there's just like there's like seven or eight guys that you want to say are top five third basemen. No, I mean, you're right. You can go you know Machado, you go Rendon, you go Bregman, you go Chapman, you go Ramirez, you go. Devers, you go Bryant, you go Justin Turner. It's like that's eight names, and all those guys are like top five at some point during yeah. the season. So it's 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 such it's such a dense position. And Devers right now at this very moment is proving that I think he's the best uh, this season. So yeah, no, and no, so no. and we agree. So yeah, and so I, I, and, and like you said, beginning of this season, I don't even know if Devers would have been in my top five. Maybe he put him in number five, but of course, oh, you I got don't think guys, be, he would not be in my top. You got five Rendon, now. Bregman, Arenado, Chapman for just his defense. Um, you know, and, and then of course guys like Justin Turner always being consistent, that kind of stuff. But I mean, Justin Turner was month one, I believe. Your yeah, pick, yeah. yeah. So Justin Turner had a great first month, and Chris Bryant first two months has just it was just insane, but kind of cooled down. And Devers, of course, you know, heating up or at least staying consistent. But um, absolutely. So so running out the hot corner, let's go to the shortstop position. Um, interested to hear what you got for this one because there's a couple guys that are rising, but there's also a guy that's you know. Kind of staying, staying staying strong. Staying steady. Staying so, steady. So you saying that makes me think we might be on the same page again. Mm-hmm. A third time in a row, Travis, this is another spot where I had someone else down and I switched it. Really? But when I realized that this guy was probably the right choice, all of a sudden my brain said, okay, this is definitely the right choice. <laughs> I, I, went, I went for Daniel Tatis. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, he has just been so special this year. Um, he's leading uh, all of baseball and slugging at 692 as of last night. And he's leading the National League in OPS. It's a 1076 OPS. He's leading the National League in OPS Plus as well, which is at 201 OPS Plus. Um, Travis, I think... So his war is currently at 
He's currently at a 4.3 war. Tied with Vladdy. And the, the problem with him is, is even though he's a shortstop, his defensive war is negative, and it's bringing his war down. If you look at his... I think he has the best offensive war in baseball, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the defense is bringing him down all his errors and like just, I guess, the... The sloppiness of the throws a lot of times. Yeah, but um, it's it's really it's really crazy that like his war if his defense was just more like it was last season. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know maybe health is a factor as well. I think he might have been playing with a bum shoulder for a little bit there. Yeah, hard, hard. I know he missed some time, but if we saw a at least an average defender at shortstop, he would his war would be even higher because yeah. his offensive yeah. war I believe is leading baseball. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it sounds like you agree. Everything you're saying makes me think you. Actually, yeah, you we are, agree. Yeah, we okay. agree. We agree. You're not yeah. joking me this time. No, and, and this is like third base right now because you have guys like Trey Turner, you have guys like uh, Carlos Correa, Bogey, uh, and, yeah, and Travis and Bogarts. So you're right. Bogarts has been in my in my top for the past two months. Yeah, Travis, thank you for mentioning Carlos Correa because we would be remiss not to mention him. He, Four point one WAR right now. He has yeah. absolutely exploded this month. He is on absolute fire and he knows it's a contract year and he's trying to prove it right now i had him down that's who i had and mm-hmm. then i looked at tatis and i was like tatis has missed a little bit of time and he is just he's just he's doing too much he has more homers he has the yeah. slugging yeah. he has the war so and I, th- I, I, like tatis. I, I think for tatis too with me is he's leading the nl right now in home runs and stolen bases i mean it, it's it's insane that you have a guy doing both of those things and also leading in rbis being you know not playing as many games as most as some guys. Right. Some some of these counting stats, he's already leading and, and he's made up the time. And then you look at the slugging percentage. What shortstop has a almost a seven hundred slugging percentage? A seven hundred. I mean, you're talking about a Babe Ruth season with a slugging percentage. You're talking about a Barry Bond season. Not many guys have had a seven hundred slugging percentage in a season. I mean, he's yeah, he's a special kind of player right now. Yeah, Travis. I, whenever I think of Tatis and I look at his power numbers and he's also stealing bags and then he's also playing a shortstop, which is obviously a defensive like anchor. Uh, even his defense is not great right now. It's still, you know, an anchor position. Uh, I feel like we have not seen this. I think this, is, this must be what it was like to watch young A-Rod. Yeah. I just keep thinking about it. Yeah. Like to see a shortstop with this kind of power without giving up his speed because he's still stealing bags. Mm-hmm. And also just, you know, you're playing shortstop night in, night out. It's a very defensively taxing position. Yeah. But he's just doing it all. Um, it's super impressive. It feels like we have like a young A Rod in the league. Plus you have Trout in the league. Plus you have Degrom yeah. is being an all time great. So I mean the, the the top of the of the you know best players in baseball right now is it's super exciting yeah. to seeing these guys. Yeah. So I agree. Uh, so so yeah, I think that's that's two in a row now. Two in a row. Yeah. We agree. Two in a so. row. Two in a row. Outfield. We'll have to see. Things might get a little <laughs> little tricky. That's right. That's right. So why, why don't you start us off? So yeah, we we do. Uh, three outfielders we don't do left yeah. center and right so go ahead and give me your three travis let's go so yeah three outfielders right now uh on lb uh last last month i think you know going back a little bit of a summary last last month i had uh acuna i had buxton which was kind of funny because he had just an insane war his first month but yeah it was kind of hurt last season i had buxton and then i also had castellanos and so rounding out this uh all mlb team outfield right now uh, sticking with Acuna. So Acuna still is in my top outfield. Of course, you know, he's having, he's, you know, he's just a special kind of player. He is, you know, not only gets it done, you know, at the plate, he'll get it done at the field, in the field. He gets it done on the base pass. He's a threat everywhere where he goes. But, you know, right now Acuna is up there. Um, next guy on the list is Nicholas Castellanos. Mm-hmm. Again, for the Cincinnati Reds. Again, uh, I'll, I'll kind of touch a little more on that as well. But, having a special season 
Um, really, you know, kind of an impact player the past couple of years, it feels like. Ever since he left Detroit, he has kind of been um, a breakthrough. Went to Chicago in 2019 and then in Cincinnati in 2020. And now he's kind of had some pretty pretty insane, uh, you know, months at least, but, uh, you know, a, a very good... Been um, a mini superstar. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say a very good, almost B-plus player. You know, yeah. just a very nice... Uh, you know, guy that can play, you know, in the outfield, but also third base. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So last on my list, and this is going to be a good kind of debate. I have Cedric Mullins of the Baltimore Orioles. I see. I see. And so, you know, we'll, we'll dive into that, but I'll, I'll see your three and then we'll discuss a little bit, you know, what we can do. Cause I, we might we probably will have one or two maybe that are the same, but you know, I want to, I want to at least hear. So Travis, my, so I was, yeah, so I had to pick three, right. And my mm-hmm. absolute lock, my first choice was Castellanos. Mm-hmm. And then I actually went with Winker again, just mm-hmm. like yeah. just, just like last last month. I had Winker as well. So, um, Castellanos and Winker, two uh, boys in uh, in Cincinnati. I think they've just been super impressive. We'll dive into them in a second here. And my third guy was Acuna. Okay. So, uh, I like that you brought in Mullins. Uh, I uh, didn't have the guts to do that uh, like you did, but I I Mullins was gonna be my third over Acuna, and I just kept looking at Acuna and Mullins. And Acuna had missed a little bit of games, but he still had. I think he has the better WAR, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and I think he has the better, um, better overall just uh, OPS plus the better the better big stats for for batting. And Acuna yeah. has a good glove as well, yeah. good yeah. in the base path. So I had to give Acuna the nod. Um, but so it seems like our difference here is actually Winker yeah. versus Mullins. Mullins and yeah. I think Mullins is super deserving. I think he is gonna be because of injuries. He's gonna be a starting outfielder for the American League. I feel pretty good about that. Um, and so I think he totally deserves to be on your three for this. Um, but I just like Winker a lot. So currently looking at Winker's stats, because that's where we differ. Yeah. Winker is uh, sitting at a 324 batting average. He has a 402 on base percentage, a 596 slugging, a 998 OPS. So he's just a tick, a tick below 1,000 OPS. That's a 158 OPS plus. And uh, Travis, this is all stats as of last night. Baseball reference yeah. always updates like at night. And I think he hit a home run today, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, mm-hmm. according to my fantasy team. So he's he's just, <laughs> he's, just, he's just racking it up. He's sitting at 19 homers. I think it might be 20 now. Yeah. So uh, make the case for Mullins. What's going on? Yeah, you know, it's funny because for me, it was Winker or Castellanos. Both those guys are just so, you know, neck and neck with their th- with you know th- what they're producing this season. What I actually liked about Castellanos, he actually had a couple of stats that were actually, you know, best in baseball. He has the most hits in baseball and he has the most doubles in baseball. He's a, he's a double machine. Um, but also he is first in all MLB outfield in average and in total bases. So I kind of I kind of like the way he was representing. And also, uh, you know, it's funny because Winker actually has a couple. I feel like, you know, look at the percentage stats. Him and Winker are neck and neck. They are right, right there. Winker is actually higher in, in, in majority of them. But I went Castellanos just because, of course, he is, uh, he you know, he, he's first in MLB in a couple of the things. And, and Winker was, you know, he wasn't first in MLB in any of the things. So I like Castellanos. Cedric Mullins, this guy I have to give a lot of thought to because he is actually right now, he is first in all of outfield for MLB. He is first in war mm-hmm. for MLB outfielders. Yeah. And he is first in OPS plus for all of outfielders. Just wow. kind of a kind of an insane presence. I think he's the leadoff hitter for the Baltimore Orioles right now. Um, don't know too much about, of course, Baltimore Orioles. I just kind of, you know. Sorry, Baltimore fans. Yeah. <laughs> but we, you know what? We don't get your games. I, I, I have <laughs> to give you guys a couple highlights. And you're not on Sunday Night Baseball too much. You're coming to Anaheim in, uh, I think, actually this uh, this weekend. So we'll get to watch some games in, against Baltimore. But, you know, right now, uh, of course, second out of all outfielders in stolen bases. Uh, first is Acuna. 
I, th- I believe. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Mullins having an insane season, you know, right now, of course, he's top five in MLB outfielders in OPS, average, on base, and slugging. So just, just kind of an underrated guy. And then also what was really insane, he leads all AL outfielders in on base, slugging, and OPS. Just kind of an, un- I, mean, I mean, I mean, you think about MLB outfielders in the AL, you know, Trout, Judge, Buxton, the list goes on. And this guy has been, you know, just j- just a crazy surprise right now. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, I had to give him a little bit of, uh, of respect and, and the way he's been, you know, playing. I, 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 I really am, you know, impressed. Yeah, yeah. He's a total breakout player. Um, totally understand. He does deserve to be in this kind of top three conversation for outfielders in baseball as of this season so far. I just really like what Winker's doing. Um, I, I, I see the argument for both. Winker, obviously, the defense probably brings him down a bit as well in a lot of people's minds. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Winker is the kind of guy who, you know, it seemed like he was meant to be a DH. Um, yeah, yeah. He, his, but his, his lefty bat is just so sweet. Um, I, so I went with him. Winker's average being up at 324 is actually super interesting. Like, it's still it, very it, good, you, yeah. You just you just yeah. look at his like previous two. Like Winker went absolutely off in 2020 for his what you would expect, but he only had a uh, 255 average. Wow. And now right now it's wow. up to 324 this season. The uh, the on base is up from last year and the slugging is up from last year. Wow. And uh, yeah, I, I love Winker right now. Um, I see the argument for both though. Uh, Winker's uh. War is much lower than Mullins. It's down at a two point three currently as yeah, of last yeah. night. So, and I, I think the big thing for me is Cedric. I think he actually has a one, um, actually has a one uh, defensive war. He actually is getting you know help from the okay. from the defensive side too. Plays good defense. Yeah. Plays good center field. Right. And so we care uh, they kind of stick on the left and hope for the best. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. And you know it's funny because I think Castellanos actually had a a worse. Uh, defensive war than Winker. I was actually kind of looking at that too, you know. But for me, Castellanos, I think he's kind of the anchor of the Cincinnati Reds, and so I kind of wanted to, you know, highlight him as well. Uh, sure. You know, just been just you know both Winker and Castellanos, those both those guys are going to be playing uh, outfield for the NL All Star team, and it's going to be exciting to I, watch. I, I'm, I'm Charis, more than positive. I, I, yeah, good point. Yeah, I had the thought uh, the other day. Um, it's unfortunate for the Reds fans. Imagine if they got. I mean, Winker and Castellanos were both good last year. But last year in that in that first round of the playoffs where it was all about, you know, you got to win two of three against yeah. another good team. Yeah. And they went up against the Braves, and they could not hit the ball at all. Worst, I think the, maybe the worst offense I've seen in playoffs. It, it, was, it, it, it was crazy. It and was I, insane. I think the team batting average was, like, down, like, almost at 200. Like, it was a yeah. really low. Th- and that's yeah. for the season, I'm saying. Like, yeah. the team was just not a contact team. They hit home runs. And they had good pitching, and they didn't hit any home runs. And going against Soroka and Freed, you know. And so, Travis, well, well, I guess well, my, my point is I'm bringing this up is I feel like bad for Reds fans. Like, what if you had the Winker and Castiano seasons of this year and plot them on that team last year when you had Bauer being a Cy Young? Yeah. You had Gray being an elite guy, and you had Cas- uh, Luis Castillo being another elite guy. They had a they had a three headed monster pitching. What if they had Castillo or sorry Castianos? as well as Winker, both like MVP like hitters right now. If yeah, you look at like yeah. they're in that race. Um, Seven seed would be looking really dangerous and that would, know, uh, like no they, one want to face them. Yeah, yeah. They, they would just, they just need these two bats, put them in that lineup. And then like they may, they may maybe they make that sneaky run last year that everyone thought they would, but yeah, whereas yeah. not in that spot right now, um, unfortunately for them. But so, so I think we would agree here. You see that Winker has a case. I see that Mullins has a case. So uh, I think it's time to move on to DH Travis. And I don't think we're going to have uh, much to talk about because <laughs> I think we're going to be in pretty big agreement. I have Shohei Otani as my DH, Travis. 
I can already tell you that you have Shohei Otani as DH. Good, good. Yep, Shohei Otani is the DH right now. I don't think anyone would even argue about that with the way he is performing. I mean, leads baseball in home runs, uh, leads AL in in, uh, in uh, triples, and also is you know just behind Tatis in slugging, a six eighty eight slugging um, right now. I mean, I don't know. If there's much to talk about. It's Shohei Otani, and it's Shohei. It's not that close. And JD is, um, you know, J- in, the, the gap. The, the gap is far now. The gap, or, I, I think the gap is. And far. JD's in leap in the late DH. Yes, he's in the elite yes. DH, and there's other guys too that you know deserve some sort of consideration. But uh, Shohei, what he's done in the last month or so, it's just been crazy. He was already like first or second best DH, and then mm-hmm. now this month he ran away with it mm-hmm. by far. Mm-hmm. Travis, um, I'm currently looking at a three, eleven to eight score. You read my mind. The Angels uh, just exploded in the ninth inning. Uh, Chapman let a eight four game become an eleven to eight game. I'm sure they must have pulled him at some point. That's crazy. That I, is that is. Charles, I mean, why were you sitting here recording a podcast? We should have been watching this, man. I I was I was telling you earlier. I mean, I think this game was going to be over. I didn't even know this. I didn't even know. I, I don't want to. When rain delays happen, it's almost like you don't want to watch because you just don't want to have to watch. Uh, you know, two hours later, and then you watch for thirty minutes, and then another rain delay. It's just like. Okay, can we get this game on, or can we get it, you know, over? Yeah. I, I was talking earlier. I said, you know, will they call this game after the fourth inning because the Yankees have a pretty decent lead, and you uh, know, when are they going to make it up? It's like, but right now, I mean, we're proving that the you know, don't yeah. sleep on. We will take the it. offense. Yeah, yeah. Tra- trust. It, it's funny on the way drive home from work today. I check and I see on my phone and I see seven zero, and I feel very sad. And then, <laughs> and then Travis, and then you know, at one point we kind of work our way back at seven four, and Travis. You know, this is hours and hours. This is about four or five hours later. A uh, little, 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 little uh, I guess, a little detail to the listeners. We were playing some hoops earlier today. I come home from playing hoops, Travis, and I see Tony Watson is batting against Darren O'Day. I'm like, what is going on with this game? Why are our relievers batting? We're playing in... <laughs> I, obviously, we forfeited the DH because of Shoei Otani pitching and batting. But why is why is Tony Watson yeah. batting? Yeah. It's like... And it's the fifth inning. Like, this is just... This game is just like the biggest joke ever. Yeah. And come to find out, we've come back to record the podcast and some magic starts to occur. So that is awesome. We'll keep you guys updated on that as well because we're yeah. expecting a big dub, a nice yeah. comeback yeah, coming hopefully, up. Yeah, hopefully they put in either Iglesias or someone else, maybe, maybe Maris to shut the door here. Yeah. Um, but now we agree on Otani, DH. Yeah. Let's move on to, I believe, time for pitching. Pitching staff, yeah. So uh, I guess I'll just run through my five. Yeah. And then you can run through your five and we should have a lot to talk about. So... I think there's a few guys that are just gimmies, yeah. and there's a couple guys where it's worth some discussion. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the first guy on my list is Jacob deGrom. Really? I think for obvious reasons. <laughs> uh, not much explanation needed, but we'll get there. And uh, in the second spot, I have uh, Kevin Gausman from the San Francisco Giants. Uh, he's just doing crazy things in the Bay. His e- ERA is just, you know, no one thought it was going to be this low. Yeah. Uh, I think he was a sleeper pick going into the season as a guy who was, you know, going to break out. And this was above and beyond expectations. Uh, I also have Woodruff mm-hmm. in my top five. Woodruff, okay. uh, he was a bit higher earlier in the year. I think earlier in the year, he was like the Cy Young favorite right next to DeGrom. Definitely. DeGrom missed some time, and Woodruff was looking like the runaway guy. Right now, Gausman DeGrom, I have a bit better than him. But Woodruff still, for me, like a top three, at least a top five pitcher in baseball. Uh, Wheeler is my fifth. And that might be a bit okay. of a curveball. Wheeler does not have the ERA that the other guys have does not have uh, some of the same other numbers, but what he does have is a 4.7 B 
baseball reference war that leads all of pitchers in baseball. Mm-hmm. So he has the best baseball reference war of any pitchers. And a big part of that is I believe he uh, he just got surpassed by Bauer in innings pitched. I think he's about one innings pitched away from being the most innings pitched in all of baseball. So he's being a workhorse for Philly right now. Um, and the war really shows that he's been super effective. So even though his ERA is not as low as the other guys, I give a lot, lots of credit to Zach Wheeler. And that's Travis. That is four National League pitchers right yeah. there. NL heavy the right NL now. NL is leading the way in terms of starting pitching. And my fifth guy, I said, okay, you know, I don't have to be have an AL guy. I can go five NL. Yep, That'd be kind of yep. weird. But, <laughs> but I said, okay, if I had to pick an AL guy, who would I go? And then I had a couple names written down, and I saw this guy, and I said, oh, he's the move. My fifth spot is Rodon on the Chicago White Sox. Carlos Rodon, okay. Uh, a 2.06 ERA uh, is very good. And then he also leads uh, the American League in FIP, which is Fielding Independent Pitching. It just kind of shows that he's doing a good job of limiting home runs, uh, limiting walks, and getting strikeouts. He also leads the American League in hits per nine, in Ks per nine, and in home runs per nine. So, wow. I mean, that's just super good. He's He's been the guy for the AL. Yeah. He's actually not leading in war. I believe that's uh, Gibson, Kyle Gibson on the uh, Texas Rangers. But Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's another guy to bring up. Sneaky season he's having, too. He's he, he I almost had him on my list. So, yeah. um, he definitely deserves a lot of credit. But I just saw Rodon's numbers there with the FIP, the hits per nine, the Ks per nine, the home runs per nine. On a, on a rate basis, he's just been so, so good. Um, and then, yeah, his K numbers are great. Uh, he's just been awesome. I think he's second in K's just to only DeGrom, who is uh, on, a, on a, another planet. So, Travis, walk me through your five, and we'll discuss. Yeah, and, you know, I think with pitching, we've actually had very common um, guys throughout the past, you know, two months. Um, and it's kind of staying that way today as okay. well. First four guys, same same guys, same order, you know. Really? DeGrom. Gosman, Woodruff, Wheeler. Oh, I, good, I, good. yeah, yeah. I didn't so, know if you'd go on Wheeler. Yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I like look at it. Wheeler and I, 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 res- I really like innings pitch. I really like that because yeah. it really tells me you're a workhorse and you're not, you know, you're not going out there for six innings. Some of these guys, um, you know, Degrom doesn't have. You don't have to explain him. Degrom right. is Degrom. Uh, you know, Gosman. Just go look at his numbers. ERA. I think it's below, honestly, a one six right now. Um, I mean, having an insane season. Kevin Gosman, and then, you know, Brandon Woodruff. Last month, we were talking about him as being a Cy Young guy because DeGrom was out on the IL. So Woodruff, of course, still stays in there. You got to have at least one Brewer, you know, with the pitching staff that they have right now. So Woodruff, and then, of course, Wheeler. Wheeler is, you know, the war. I mean, the war the war is the highest out of all pitchers. I mean, he's very... Um, just been a sneaky guy this year that I think most people don't really realize, but uh, Zach Wheeler, uh, you know, Phillies have have a nice, you know, nice piece right there working as their ace... Um, for them. And so the fifth guy, uh, a little bit one of a different way. Um, and basically, you know, I kind of, you know, it was really hard because you had so many guys. You had you had Rodon, you had Lance Lynn, you had Musgrove. You had a couple of guys that were just like, wow, like these guys are just having insane seasons. Um, yeah. I, I kind of went a little bit on, you know, who do I want and who would I, you know, want in a game? And I kind of just stuck with Garrett Cole. Okay. So I stuck with Garrett Cole. One thing I, I do like about Garrett Cole that has advantage over Rodon is Garrett Cole uh, has 102 innings pitched on the season, whereas Rodon only has about 79 innings pitched. So yep. quite a few, almost 20 plus more innings pitched than uh, Rodon. So some of those sample sizes do a little bit, you know, um, favor Rodon because of the smaller innings pitch. But I will say, 
uh, to Garrett Cole's, uh, you know, 102 innings pitched to 129 strikeouts. Rodon actually is only about 15 strikeouts away. So he's actually been very right. efficient when it comes to striking out pitcher, you know, striking out guys almost every the, inning. Yeah, the strikeouts per nine on uh, on Rodon, like I said, at second in baseball, and it's at 12.9. That's crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. Pretty much 13 strikeouts per nine. It's an unreal rate, um, and then I think Degrom actually Chavez is like a whole strikeout above that. He's just doing yeah. something, so something different, something a little different is De- happening in Degrom on other on another level. But um, but no, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, he has you know, ERA has, has raised a little bit, and that's actually ever since stickiness has been you know yeah. been in the news. Cole's ERA has kind of raised a little bit, he, so he's been definitely been a target of that kind of investigation. I would say it has, it hasn't. But um, you know, right now, actually on Baseball Reference, still leading the AL in WHIP. And still leading the AL in uh, walks per nine. So of course, being efficient when he's out there, sure. not allowing a lot of walks or hits um, every innings pitch. So I like Garrett Cole. You know, um, he's a guy that for me, of course, in the past, you know, I think we all agree that he's been snubbed of some Cy Youngs. And, oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah I, I I like him. A, I like him a lot this year. I, I know he's kind mm-hmm. of you know, you know, numbers are kind of going up a little bit. We'll just see what happens, and you know, maybe the All Star break will be really good with him for kind of getting some rest. Uh, for that, but you know, other guys too, like you know, Lance Lynn, uh, Joe Musgrove, um, and then you got you know, of course, uh, Carlos Rodon, who's been, I mean, a yeah. complete surprise. Gibson right now. has been super Gibson, good. Gibson, Gibson, too. I was, there, I was, there's a few guys on the Dodgers who definitely deserve credit. Yes, I, I, I was actually gonna throw out Gibson, and I was like, this is just gonna be a wild card. I mean, this is this is like a Cedric Mullins, yeah. like you know, it's it's just like, where did this guy come from? But right, um, but, but he does, he does, he deserves to be in the in the in the guess the same bubble as these guys, same ballpark, definitely. Um, I, I like that you brought up Cole, um. I think that with Cole right now, he's in a really interesting spot with the sticky stuff. Yeah, people have shined a spotlight, a spotlight on him a bit, and they're kind of you know saying like, oh, this guy definitely had like use fire attack maybe or something advanced to kind of really increase his spin rate. Yeah, but yeah. Travis, I do honestly think that he is going to adapt. Yeah, I think he's just that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He's just super good at what he does as a starting pitcher. Um, and so I do think that like maybe there might be some hiccups here with like getting adjusted to a naked ball or just like a, a purely um, a purely rosin ball. Um, and so I think he'll make the adjustment uh, once he gets some time with that. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's a good time to buy on on, on, on Garrett Cole. I think he's gonna mm-hmm. snap back into shape pretty soon. So mm-hmm. um, I like the pick. Uh, that seems like we are in a pretty good spot for starting pitching. I think it's time to go to our closing pitcher, ninth inning guy. Who uh... who do you got, Travis? Well, I mean, if I'm in the ninth inning, I'm calling on one guy. Um, you know, I don't think if I had the same guy as last month, um, but I had him, I think, in April. But I'm going to Josh Hader. Okay. So I still, you know, still like Josh Hader. Um, right now, of course, he has the best ERA out of any closer in baseball at a .55 ERA right now. And also has basically the best strikeouts per nine in of uh, any closer in baseball right now. Um, and of course, second best in whip. I think the best whip right now is actually going to Craig Kimbrell, who's having a really who we're gonna really we're gonna nice, talk about him in a minute. Really nice bounce back yeah. season. Um, a couple other guys too are having just kind of insane seasons um, with 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 what they're doing. But Josh Hader to me, I I like him because he comes out of the pen um, and you know basically doesn't even mess around. I mean, you're almost looking at two strikeouts an inning that he comes in and closes at yeah. a shutdown. And, and you know that's what I kind of like. I like a guy that comes in and really will say, you know what, defense, you've been playing eight innings. Let, let me get this one yeah. or let, let me let me get you guys, you know, takes care of business. Yeah, efficiently. exactly. And of course, it limits the possibility of, of you know, errors in a close ball game. But um, yeah, Josh Hader, I think he right now he has uh, 20 saves on the season, um, still not leading baseball. 
Uh, but of course, you know, saves are a, a stat that's kind of like wins. You have to be put in the right situation. Of course, the team really also affects that as well. If you are a powerhouse team, completely, um, and you know, you look at saves as also you're winning those ball games, but you're winning those ball games closely. Um, Josh Hader for me is is the guy. Um, Alex, I'm interested to see who you have. Because um, I know you've had one guy that's been uh, kind of a reoccurring guy for the past couple of months. That is but. true. That is true. So you are correct, Travis. I have had a guy who's been kind of reoccurring. Um, it is, of course, uh, Mr. Melanson on the uh, San Diego Padres. He still leads baseball in saves. But his ERA has gone up a tick. I think his, you know, his out-of-this-world numbers have kind of come back to earth a little bit. He's still being elite. Um, I could see the case for him being like the closer of like an all-star game. But mm-hmm. right now, Travis... Right now, we agree. It is Josh Hader as the closing pitcher of the year so far. Um, everything you said, retweet, exactly correct. Wow, you, you know, actually have the ninth inning guy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. wow, wow. Hader, wow. Hader, wow. absolutely. It's Hader. Um, I don't think it's, you know, I was going to say I don't think it's close, but it actually is close. Oh, it's close. And, and there's one guy I want to bring up. And, and, yeah. and the guy that is close is Kimbrell. Yeah. It's actually really crazy, the bounce back he's had. Looking at 2019 and 2020, the guy looked lost. It was it was, you know, a shell of himself. Yeah. And it's, it's, he's back and better than ever. It's really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything was like a tick below uh, Josh Hader, if I remember correctly. I think the innings yeah. pitched was a tick below. The ERA was just a tick higher. Yeah. Um, and the strikeouts, I think, might have been a tick lower. But um, what Kimbrel's done for the Cubs, it's like, a, it's like a godsend. Like, I don't know how they saw this coming or yeah. how, like, it worked out perfectly for I, them. I, I thought they were going to release the guy because, and you know what's interesting too is, this is the first season since 2018 where he's actually had a normal spring training and a normal start. Yeah. 2019 didn't get signed until July or you yeah. know, second half of the year. It really got kind of rushed into it. Didn't have a good season. 2020, of course, I, I you know, in that season, I'm not going to really blame anyone for having a bad season with the way that they, everyone had to adapt. But, you know, that's one thing to point out, too, is that this guy, uh, you know, he, you know, most pitchers, they need their spring training to, you know, line up with the regular season. And so he's one of those guys. But um, but yeah, no, no, it's one guy that's been a, a huge, huge plus for the Cubs. And I, I think we talked about it a couple you know weeks ago, but um, he'll be another guy. We'll talk about the same thing with Posey with uh, when it comes to like Hall of Fame talk. Um, he's yeah. a guy I'm very high on. Um, Absolutely. Very, very efficient. His career has been um, spectacular. And so, Travis, one thing I'll add on Hater, a reason why I picked him, I was looking at Melanson, I was looking at Kimbrell, looking at Hater. I think those are the three favorites in my mind. Some yeah. guys, some guys have been good too, like Chapman. But you know, Chapman after tonight, ugh. Yeah. yeah. Walsh yeah. said, "What's up?" And but, a little, a little alert for that one too. Uh, game's over. Big e- dub. Easy W. Big dub. Um, so that's good to hear. But uh, so one thing that really got me uh, leaning Hater against those three guys is um, the stat, like I mentioned earlier, is called FIP. It's a fielding independent pitching. Yep. It just kind of shows, you know, how good are you at avoiding home runs, avoiding walks, getting strikeouts. And it kind of shows, like, if someone has a very bad FIP but a really good ERA, it kind of tells you that maybe the ERA, there's a lot of luck involved right now. Yeah. There's a lot of balls that are getting hit in play that are going right to defenders, stuff like that. And so if a guy has a really low ERA and a low FIP, it kind of tells you, okay, that means that the area is kind of legitimate. It's like a legitimately like yeah. he's earned it so far. And Hater has, you know, like we said, a point, uh, I believe it's a point five five. was it? Yeah, point yeah. five five ERA. His FIP is a point eight eight. You never see a FIP below one. That's yeah. really crazy. Yeah. Kimbrell's just above one, and Melanson's ab- ab- above three on his FIP. So wow. um, it kind of shows me that Melanson maybe uh, is having some luck with balls in play. Uh, Kimbrell is still being very good, but... A FIP at .88 I saw on Hater, and I was like, that is just unreal. And I think a lot of that has to do with the strikeouts, 
He's he's allowed zero home runs. He's allowed only two earned runs. I mean, he's just been uh, he's been one of one so yeah. far as a closer. Definitely. I'm glad we agree there. Um, not too much more to discuss. So I think it's time to move on to awards. Yeah, and actually, uh, one more thing I'll point out too before we start awards. Uh, we will start with a uh, June player of the month. Oh, you want to go there first? Let's go. I'll go there first, just kind of summarizing up. Now we're only looking at, the, of course, the month of June. Uh, who's kind of been that superstar that's burst on the scene? A couple guys come to mind, but Alex, I will let you start, and I want to hear who is your, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. June right now in the 2021 season. So, yeah, there's definitely some different candidates that are worth looking at. Um, I, at first I wasn't sure if I was going to go with this guy. And then, you know, just looking at the numbers, I couldn't help it. Uh, I'm going with Shohei. Okay. Shohei Otani for okay. me is Mr. June. I believe he was your Mr. Uh, I think April. he's Mr. April. Mr. Right. April, yeah. And yep. uh, for me, that definitely caught me off guard because um, I guess I didn't see what he was doing uh, continuing. I didn't see it continuing. And Travis, boy, has it continued. It's been <laughs> It's been a crazy ride following Otani this season. So um, my guy just has to be Shohei Otani right now. Uh, currently looking at some of his June, uh, the numbers he's put up, it's just been uh, something on another planet. Obviously, a big factor of that is the batting combined with the pitching. So uh, looking at his batting first in the month of, this is just the month of June only, these numbers. Uh, we're looking at a two, uh, sorry, a 313 batting average. So that's well above his career high. Yep. 313 BA. A 427 on base. He's not a guy that's ever walked at that kind of clip. A 427 on base is incredible. He's taken on that kind of walking rule that Trout used to take on uh, with him out. And a 900 slugging. That's a big whopping 900. <laughs> that's something you don't see every day in, a, in even, even, even a month. That's just crazy. That adds up to a 1327 OPS. That is a huge number. That's like a Barry Bond season at the plate, Travis. Yeah. And we are talking about a guy who, on the other hand, had four starts, actually five starts if you include today. But Travis, I have a proposition for you. Let's just call today, let's just call it uh, July 0th. No, I wasn't going to And we'll just we'll yeah. pretend Shoei start today did not happen. He gave up seven no. runs. No. There was some, you know, some Suzuki missed frames. There was some control issues by Shohei. You can put blame in different spots. But let's just say that, you know, let's just, that's water under the bridge. Not in counting today, his pitching in June is four starts. And he has been just, uh, on, I guess, on a complete other level. We're talking about a 2.35 ERA is what I'm looking at. A, a two uh, win, zero loss uh, this month on 23 innings pitched. We're talking about a 12.5 strikeouts per nine innings. It's just another level. Um, it's just it's by it's it's his best month uh, on the mound and combined with his best bat uh, mm-hmm. at the plate. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it's been his best month on both sides of the game. Uh, I think he ha- he totally deserved it. He's really pulled away in the MVP conversation right now, in my mind. Um, that's another dis- discussion for later on. But um, he has to be my player of the month based on what he did at the plate, on the mound. It was great on both sides, so I went with him. What about you, Travis? Retweet. There you go. Yeah, Shohei Otani. Bingo. And, and great that you announced all that stuff from the numbers of June. I mean, uh I mean, he's just been, um, he's been a workhorse. And like you said, well, well, today I didn't really want to talk about it, but the first four starts of June, I mean, he's just been so dominant. I mean, you tell me, I mean, I think I, I always bring this up, but going back to our first episode, I told you if Shohei can hit 30 home runs on the season and he can have an ERA 
around 3.5, yeah. if not lower than a 3.5, he has a tremendous shot to win the MVP. And right now, he's just above, shattering, above and beyond. shattering my expectations. Yeah. I mean... You can't make this stuff up. He's the he's the best. He's the biggest and best sport. You know, story in baseball, possibly even in sports right now. Yeah. He is on another planet right now. Um, you know, it, it's almost like you have. Uh, you Charles, know, you, real quick, you, you said what was the numbers you had? How many home runs? Uh, Twenty. Oh, what I said? Yeah. Oh, before I, the season, thirty home runs and a three point five yeah. ERA. So I think his ERA now is it back up around three point five after the start today. But we're talking about on pace for over fifty homers. Yeah. Yeah. That is not something we saw coming remotely. We knew how good his power was, but we didn't think that in-game power of actually putting up home run after home run night after night was going to come, and it came in a big way. It really did. It, it really shattered. You know, we talked about it when we were placing our vets in Vegas. Like, uh, we just didn't see this coming. It, no, no. But, but we knew how good his potential was, and uh, it, it's crazy. So. Especially with the downfall in the season he had last year being so kind of disappointing. Um, right. You know, not being able to pitch. Uh, just because of, you know, a, another, you know, kind of a just a nagging injury after coming off Tommy John. And then, of course, hitting side. I think he was batting almost 190 last season yeah. with almost just everything was swing and misses, uh, striking out more than, you know, he would like. And so and also Angel fans would like. But just a complete turnaround this season. Um, it's it's pretty obvious. I mean, there are guys like, you know, of course, Schwarber. I want to talk about Schwarber, too, because he is. On I was thinking a, you may go Schwarber. Schwarber definitely deserves yeah, to be mentioned he, here. He, he's on a Sammy Sosa 20 home run, you know, in June kind of, you know, rule. Of course, June any today. And he didn't, of course, get that. But I mean, it's crazy. What is that? All these home runs, they started on like June 12th, almost the middle of June. And just right. imagine if he if he started this beginning of June. We'd be looking at this as like you might have twenty plus home runs in the month of June. I mean, it, it, it's it's unspeakable. It's crazy what Schwarber's doing, but Shohei is just the story because he's doing that, and also he's getting on the mound and he's shutting down um, opponents. So yeah, I mean, so if the bats are comparable, even give the slight edge to Schwarber. You think about Schwarber is probably a negative out there in the outfield. Yeah, uh, for a yeah. National League team, uh, he really should be probably a DH in in most scenarios. Uh, and Otani's pitching every five nights. What is that? That's exactly. just something different. So. And, and also going back to his last start against, no, not, not this one, of course, today, but the one uh, June 23rd against the San Francisco Giants. Went six innings. The Giants, I actually saw, have the most home runs in MLB. They have a lot of sneaky power on their uh, roster and their lineup, um, of course, being, you know, one of the best teams in baseball right now. But, you know, going six innings and only allowing one earned run and only two walks with nine strikeouts, um, you know, I mean, almost shutting down one of the best offenses in baseball uh, is what you can see from him. And also, you know, hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, I mean, you just don't see this right here. And I actually saw a stat today that he was the first player in MLB since Babe Ruth to make a start in Yankee Stadium and also lead the MLB in home runs. The first player since Babe Ruth to do that. So That's something else, yeah. You know, we'll be talking about this guy for the rest of the season, but I'm glad we highlight him right now. He's the player of June. He's the player of the first half, I would so, say, honestly, yeah, too. Yeah, 100%. Uh, something uh, I highlighted on Twitter real quick, Travis, uh, a tweet by Jeremy Frank, a guy who we love to talk about as a, a great uh, just stats a tweeter. Uh, and so he actually tweeted the highest expected slugging in a season in the stack cast era so that's just since 2015 since we've been able to stack cast track balls the exit velocities the launch angles all that you can look you can look at the expected slugging that's pretty much like you know the more exit velocity the better launch angle that's higher expected slugging mm-hmm. otani mm-hmm. has the best ever right now so it's it's, wow. it's start the tr- it's the tracking for this started in 2015 but since 2015 to now 
he has a 691 expected slugging. So that tells me, Travis, that his crazy slugging he's having right now is not really a fluke. He's actually squaring up a ball at an unreal rate. He's, you know, hitting it with the barrel at an unreal rate. It's not like this, like, kind of hitting explosion he's having. This is legit. This is like, wow. you know, the, the, the advanced numbers really back it up. Um, I'm glad I also brought this up too, Travis, because Schwarber deserves tons of credit. He does. He has had a monstrous month. He is going to get his flowers for it. But interestingly enough, I just pulled up his June stats, and his month at the plate was not as good as Shohei's. And I didn't realize that until just now. Yeah. His yeah. average is a 292, a 364 on base, a 792 slugging. That's all three worse than Shohei's. The 16 home runs is an unreal number. Yeah, it's course. a scary number seeing 16 homers in a month. And like you said, it really started in the middle towards the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So it just mm-hmm. kind of shows how impressive that really was. But the the 1.155 OPS, that is a significantly step down from Shohei. And Shohei is also pitching at an all-star level. Yeah. He's the obvious pick. Obvious. I'm gonna be agreed. Obvious. I'm gonna be agreed there, and uh, we can continue on to awards now. I think. Yeah, yeah. I'll move on to the uh, MLB awards to uh, kind of summarize everything up. But um, we'll start with, of course, MVPs. Uh, give me your AL and your NL MVPs right now for who, um, who of course you like right now. Okay, so right now for AL, the guy we've been talking about, it's Otani right now. Good. Uh, okay. If someone said Guerrero, you know, I guess I'll ha- I'd be lying if I said I didn't kind of get it. I kind of get it, but. I think if you if you take this uh, season and put it into a historical context, Otani is doing something completely special, completely different from whatever everything else we've seen. His bat is maybe not exactly what Guerrero's is, but it's just a slight. You know, maybe the average isn't there, but the power is there. He's leading the league in homers, and then the pitching is just like you know, it's 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 something out of out of a fairy tale. And so yeah. he is the AL MVP for me. The National League MVP I have as someone who I didn't think I would really be picking. But I have a Jacob Degrom. Mm-hmm. I okay. think Degrom uh, has really just earned it. Um, there's always a conversation of should a starting pitcher really get the same kind of credit as a guy who plays every game. But I just look at what Degrom has been doing, and I could not help but give it to him. Some numbers I noticed is he is first in baseball in K's per nine. Mm-hmm. He is first in baseball in homers per nine. So he's limiting home runs better than anyone. He is uh, also first in baseball in hits per nine. So he's allowing the fewest hits per nine, the, gets the most Ks per nine, gets the fewest homers per nine, and he's second in walks per nine. Wow. And that's thanks to Zach Eflin. Uh, he's just been a control freak and has been a crazy at avoiding walks. But DeGrom is a, a very close second there. Um He's literally just being the best pitcher in all these different ways, Travis. The control is there. 100%. The Ks are there. He does not allow homers, and he does not allow hits. It's just been crazy to watch him. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to give him the nod. There are position players who are going to have a higher war. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's where we're going to end up at the end of the season. But mm-hmm. right now, based on what DeGrom's doing, I think he and Otani are the two guys that are really the face of baseball, in my opinion, for this season. When you think of 2020, yep. sorry, 2020, 2021, I'll be thinking of Otani and DeGrom. So those are my picks right now. So what do you got? Yeah, and last time we recorded, you know, you said who are the, what, what does twenty twenty one look like in ten years? And I say it's it's two freaks. It's Shohei Otani and Jacob Degrom. Same thing for me. I have we Degrom agree? first wow. right now on my uh, MVP. You know, not many times I'd like pitchers to win MVPs, but when you're having an ERA below a point seven, and we're talking about it's July first tomorrow. I mean, how could you not at all say he is the MVP? You know, guys, of course, in the NL like Winker, like Castellanos, like Acuna. Uh, you know, having great seasons and a couple other guys, but 
I, I mean, you, you're just you having a guy that's just having a unique, just like, where did this come from? You know, we knew you were so elite, but where did this come from? You might be looking at breaking, uh, you know, Bob Gibson's ERA, uh, single season ERA title. You, you can't ignore that. So he is by far the NL MVP. And then the AL MVP, uh, Shohei Otani, uh, of course, doing it, you know, at, on the mound and also at the plate. The only way I see Guerrero giving o- Otani some very, almost, you know, very, very you know, neck and neck putting, kind of putting pressure comparison on pressure is if Guerrero, of course, can capture, uh, you know, possibly the triple crown. If he can win a triple crown and, you know, of course, maybe if he has the MLB triple crown, that will help elevate it too. It's going to be interesting to, to at least see that because um, Guerrero is doing one thing and that's hitting. He's playing, he's playing good defense, of course, playing first base, not really too much defense uh, needed there. But of course, Otani is doing everything. He's doing it on the base pass. He's doing it at the plate. He's doing it on the mound. I don't see that very much. It's going to be a very hard MVP for the, the writers to vote for. And I, of course, I'm very you know looking forward to right now. Of course, if the, if the, if the season ended tomorrow, I would, I would say, of course, Otani, he has to be the guy. But it is a very, it's just going to be a very interesting way that the writers see this season it's it's probably probably one of the hardest votes uh i would honestly say possibly this century it's very possibly this century it's very interesting because it's possibly the hardest and then again when you look back in 20 years maybe they're gonna be saying maybe it was the easiest maybe shohei was like how could you not vote for him but at the same time guerrero has been so incredible and 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 no one in the ales really kind of stepped up and it just seems like those two are really uh running away travis if i had to pick someone who i think is a sneaky because travis every year it seems like a guy in the second half gets hot, right? Yeah, of course. In in course. in in twenty uh, twenty nineteen, uh, Trout was like by far the favorite, and then he missed some games, and Bregman got hot, and then it became a two man race. Yeah, yeah. People were looking at Bregman and Trout as saying, "Okay, we have one guy who played like every game. That was Bregman. He didn't miss any time, and his WAR I think was higher because of those games played. But we all know how how good Trout is when he is on the on on the field. So." Uh, that that was the situation there, and then in the National League, Rendon got hot in the second half. Yeah, you're and right. And he put big pressure on the uh, first and second, which was uh, Bellinger and Yelich in the National League. There, um, he put pressure on them. He became he made it from a two man race to a three man race real quick. Exactly. Um, so I think one guy who I think could get very hot and is kind of already getting hot and will probably continue is Correa. I think Correa is actually a very good pick for a sneaky uh, mid season bet, like a who can come on here. And, you know, knock on wood, like, Otani, please don't get injured. But, like, if he got injured or had to stop pitching or something like that, and if Guerrero slipped up, I could easily see Correa putting up, like, a nine-war season and just, like, you know, being super impressive with the bat. So. And I'm glad you said that because I have, you know, right now Vegas, I have money on Correa and I have money on Otani. Of course, Correa wins. That's a lot of money because yeah. odds were, of course, very low. But you're right. Correa, you know, kind of having, you know, I would say not a slow start, but, you know, has burst onto the scene has just been insane with what he's been doing. I think, like I said, a 4.1 war is very hard for me to leave off on the shortstops for all MLB right now. Right, And um, and not to mention the team is rolling, absolutely rolling. And Astros he's been, right now. he's been the best player in terms of war on that team. Well, that, that offense is, I mean, smoldering hot right now with mm-hmm. what they're doing. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to bring up too with last thing on the MVP, but I wonder when or if how this has never happened. I'm more than positive ever, but two pitchers yeah. winning the MVP in both leagues. I mean, who would have thought that? And, you know, we'll move into the Cy Young. 
I think, of course, I think our lists are, you know, it'll be different. I don't think it's going to be the same guys. You'd expect both guys to be the, the Cy Young winners, too, because you think about, okay, they just had insane right. years on the mound. Oh, but is a bit of a different case. Yeah, of course, of course. But let's move into Cy Young right now. Um, of course, uh, AL and NL, who do you got for uh, for right now? So NL, let's just skip the discussion at the ground right now. <laughs> Good. Uh, I was going to say, it's someone else I was going to say. I think the only way he doesn't get it is if, you know, if he misses games at some point or starts, you know, uh, having issues there, but you know the ERA is too good. Everything is too good. He's just way too good. Four, <laughs> he's a four point seven WAR right now. It's just and he's he's missed starts on injuries. He's like left game early on injuries. He's still a four point seven WAR. Yeah, that's just crazy. He's on pace for over a nine WAR and he's missing games. But that's that that is not worth any more discussion. It's pretty clear. My AL choice is uh, the same guy who I had as my fifth starter in my rotation. It okay. is okay. Mr. Carlos Rodon. Um, like I said before, he leading the uh, AL in a lot of stats that I like. He is uh, leading the AL in FIP, uh, hits per nine, case per nine, home runs per nine. His ERA is down to a 2.06. Not as good as Gibson. Uh, it, I, Gibson also has more war, lower ERA, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they were the two guys I was back and forth with. I went Rodon for the rate-based stats. I really like to see that. Um, and he's just been uh, super good. So uh, I went there. Uh, Travis, I are we thinking the same thing? Are we thinking a different thing? You know, we're you know it's funny because we're thinking the same thing in the NL. Of course, Jacob Degrom. Don't even have to talk about him at all. Right, he's going to win it, um, or at least on track to winning. Knock right on now. wood. Yeah, exactly. But um, you know, for me, AL saying I you know I think I've stuck to this guy for the past two months. I'm still going to be going with uh, Garrett Cole. Okay, I, you know. I don't. I'm not going to write him off yet. I know it's kind of a. Uh, some guys are, of course, having better seasons. You know, I don't. I don't really see a Kyle Gibson. You know, giving too much of a pressure just because of the of the team he's on. I mean, who knows what will, what will happen? But um, I don't see that. And then, of course, you know, Lance Lynn and Rodon. I can see him kind of getting a little bit colder. I kind of see Lance Lynn giving him the most problems because of you know. I think consistently he's been a very good starting pitcher. But for me, like you said, I think Cole will figure it out. I think he will, um, you know, he'll just emerge and kind of be that guy. Like I said it before, I think there's also some voters that are saying, you know what, I, I kind of got, I feel like some people are maybe thinking, I got to give some credit to Cole this year. We've been kind of snubbing him for the past couple of years. I'm not saying that that should be the case. We shouldn't be using right. past stuff as a way to give a guy an award, but... Um, maybe I, it's a tiebreaker. It, yeah, no, exactly. But it, it's, I, I see Garrett Cole as just being a guy that will, of course, figure it out and, you know, get get back on track. Um, and, you know, even if he ends the season with a 2.66 ERA, I mean, that, that's still, I mean, that's still elite. I mean, he, I think he's in, in Houston uh, in 2019, he had like a, a 2.5, you know. Yeah. And so uh, I see uh, Cole still being my AL Cy Young right now, uh, both New York guys uh, being, you know, being that. But uh, Yeah, very but, fair, very fair. I, I think I'm really impressed with Rodon right now. He definitely could taper off. But the stats I'm seeing, you know, the the numbers tell me, I, I'm thinking that, you know, he has changed something about his game and is, is here to stay as an elite starter. That could certainly change. Also, a um, nice compliment would be the no-no as well, you know, having that on, yeah, on his resume and, for the season. And that's interesting because Verlander and Cole had the very tight race in 2019 for American League Cy Young. Same teammates, of course. And, you know, it wasn't the deciding factor, but one yeah. thing that was interesting is that Verlander did edge out Cole. I believe he had uh, the worst ERA. I think he had more wins and lower whip. It was a very close race. I think most people thought Cole had the year of all years. It was just a crazy performance of yeah. his uh, ability to avoid getting losses for like a two-thirds of the season. But uh, Verlander had the no-hitter, and yeah. that is definitely a factor for voters. Voters probably care about, you know, 
big games. What did this guy do? Could he deliver? And Verlander, you know, finished the entire nine innings of yeah. no hits. So yeah, you're right. Uh, Rodon did that as well. But then again, a lot of guys have done that this season. It's becoming a bit of a trend. So uh, might not end up being too big of a factor. Uh, we'll see. But that pretty much wraps up Cy Young. Yeah. Uh, so I think we can move on to Rookie of the Year now. Uh, so I have I have two guys that I have featured before. I'll just start off. Um, I do have Adelise Garcia as my American League Rookie of the Year. I almost had someone else, and I looked at his numbers, and <laughs> it's, it's just impressive. It's it just is. very impressive. It is. Um, a 279 batting average, a 318 on base. A little low, but he's a rookie, so, you know, the slugging is what really makes him impressive. A 550 slugging for a rookie. That is just super good. That's a 134 OPS+. Plus. Uh, he has 2.7 uh, baseball, baseball reference war as of as of last night. That is, you know, that, that that's, a, that's a really big number. That's, um you know, for a rookie to have 2.7 at the halfway point, he's on pace for about 5, and if he kind of yeah. kept this up, that would be a an amazing rookie year yeah, that would be yeah. you know a better than most rookie of the year finishes you know we'll see how consistent he can be that's going to be the real test if he can you know keep this kind of power going uh one thing that's kind of interesting is his ops plus is 134 um and then baseball reference has another stat called r bat plus and it's like I, I don't know the details of it but essentially it's supposed to kind of factor in ballpark a little bit more and factor in um a few more things and that's up at a 141 so uh, maybe the te- way Texas is laid out, uh, maybe his power should be even a bit better than what numbers we're seeing. Maybe uh, he actually is um, being more impressive than his numbers are showing. So he's my pick for AL. And then uh, Rodgers for the Marlins. It's been a three in a row now, Travis. Yeah. He is just, he has not let up. His ERA is very low. And his uh, <laughs> and he's a guy that, honestly, I, I'm surprised that we leave him off on our on our starting five. You know, he, he's a guy that could be on there. Yeah, honestly, I think I had him in like my fifth spot one time, and like it was just more like I couldn't decide on the fifth guy. But he is slowly but surely uh, nudging his way into like okay, time to respect me kind of conversation. You know, yeah, like yeah. you know, the National League is dense with talent at the top, so it's kind of hard to earn your keep. But he has been super impressive, and uh, I hope he doesn't slow down. So Travis, my guess is we might have the same guys. But what's up? What's what's your rookie of the year picks? Retweet. Yeah, same yep. deal. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not not too not, not too uh, hard one there. One guy I will say that I was really looking at um, for the American League Rookie of the Year is Akil Badu on the Detroit Tigers. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I had him down. I had wrote his name down, and I ended up looking at it a little bit more. I just thought that Garcia had the. Uh, I think he has a superior OPS plus. And he, I think he has the a lot more war. Yeah, um, yeah. But and the twenty home runs, I really, I mean that that that's it, awesome. It's yeah. huge, it's huge. But Badu has really, I think he has the higher average and on base, but the worst slugging. But Badu has, I think he ties the AL in most triples. Um, he has had some big moments too. That is probably more a factor for MVP more than Rookie of the Year for voters. They might yeah. not care about like I know he had like a walk off home run. He had, yeah. he had a grand slam in one of his first games. He's been a kind of a little bit of a fun storyline for the, the, a Detroit team that has been struggling, but at least they have you know this young guy to uh, be happy about. Um, he deserves an, uh, some consideration. There are some other guys that might deserve us talking about. Uh, there's a couple first basemen that I really wish, you know, that they had uh, their breakout years not aligned with someone else just doing too good. Um, Matt Olson is someone who is really putting up like MVP caliber numbers. And he is just stuck behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Him, um, the guy that just hit the grand slam, Jared Walsh. He went to Jared. <laughs> um, I mean, you're right. Yeah, there are some first basemen right now that you are you're so right that they're just you know it just sucks that they're just behind a 
a titan in, in Guerrero and, right now. And then the guy leading the National League first baseman race is obviously going to be Max Muncy. He's been You're right. an MVP level guy for the National League right. as well. Yeah. And uh, he will, you know, I know he missed some time, so it's not a lock, but he should most likely be starting for the National League at first base. Um, but for in terms of all, all MLB, they're just stuck behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is just, uh, you know, being a little bit different. He's just being a little bit a step above them, even though those guys are being, you know, mini MVPs of their own. So anyone else, Travis, like kind of snubs that you want to mention or do you think that's just about it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I always say Jared Walsh always is my snub because I, I love the way he's performing. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you covered it, Olsen. First baseman right now are, are kind of getting snubbed just because of yeah. uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just being so elite and so good. Um, probably some shortstops on the list too, Trey Turner, Correa, uh, yeah, being Correa. being snubbed as well. Uh, Kim, to, Kim, Kimbrell, obviously, we, yeah. we we mentioned him, gave him his flowers, yeah, but yeah, Kimbrell, yeah. someone who uh, and Turner today just getting his uh, third cycle of his career on I, his birthday. If I'm not mistaken, I saw it very briefly, but I think I saw a tweet saying he's now tied for most ever in a career. Yeah, and so he's young. He has he's a young. chance to easily break that. He's he can young. blow it away. We'll see. Yeah, cycle. Obviously, a lot of luck involved. You have to get the triple. As the same night as you get the double, same night as you get the homer. But he's got the speed for it, which is really absolutely, important in that as absolutely. well. Absolutely. So yeah, he he he's definitely someone that's going to be fun to watch. Um, but that shortstop race is tight uh, in the National League. You got uh, Tatis leading the way. Uh, Seager went healthy, he's elite, and then uh, you know uh, obviously uh, Turner is young and exciting. So um, lots of things to be excited about in the baseball world. A lot of these young guys, Travis, are going to have a chance to showcase what they got in the Midsummer Classic. Super excited for the All-Star break, Travis, and I'll just kind of let, let, let the uh, the listeners in on our game plan. We're thinking about a, you know, a probable uh, Monday night recording after 4th of July. Uh, you and I will be back in the studio discussing what we think of the All-Star game voting, the top three finalists every position, you know, any snubs that guys that deserve to be top three, any guys that are top three and really don't deserve it. A little sneak peek, Travis. I'm pretty upset about Jose Abreu. We'll talk about that on Monday. <laughs> I'm not sure why he's there. At least give it a if you're not gonna give it a Walsh, at least go at least go Olsen. Sorry, it's Guriel and it's and it's Guerrero. But then it's it's I don't get why Abreu's there. Please it, save the frustration for yeah, Monday. Yeah. We will get into that one. We we will unleash on Monday about uh, all the ridiculous voting there. Uh, fan voting creates some interesting uh, leaders yeah. and top threes, and we'll get to that. So. Uh, all you listeners, you can uh, expect a nice conversation about uh, the All-Star break uh, and all that kind of good stuff uh, You know, very soon in the next couple of days here. So, Travis, anything else to wrap up? Nothing else too much. Yeah, just excited for, uh, yeah, July to hit and also the, the All-Star game. But we'll talk about that on Monday, yeah. Yeah, so thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate all your support. And uh, go Angels. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>